1: To the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is John Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Johnny King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Prophy. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. Away we go.
0: Hello and welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news podcast from the Formula Nerds. Over the next half an hour we've got plenty of news to catch you up on and trust me you're going to be hearing the words Haas a lot. We'll be talking about saying goodbye to Nikita Mazepin, hello to a familiar face and how Haas's bad luck has just not stopped. We will also be talking about Imola, testing and Covid. This week on the panel we have the lovely Abby. Hi how are you? (laughs) I haven't Hi. seen you in ages.
2: <laughs> I know. It's been a while since you've been on here. Um, I'm good. I'm very, I'm very happy and I'm buzzing at the moment, which I'm sure that James will explain at some point in the
0: podcast. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners will know why we're happy, especially in a few days time. Hi, I'm Mario Andrade, and you're listening to Formula Nerds Cut to the Race podcast. And as you mentioned, Abby, we've got James. How are you, James?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you? It is a pleasure to have you back. As much as you know, you have to you have to compliment me like Super Sam does, Super Sub Sam, even <laughs> every week. You probably miss that, but he's he's very nice to me. So you got a lot to. Well, to. I
0: I I was going to say the wonderful James, and I just forgot. So we've got the wonderful James wow. here. Yeah, it's and too late I now. you both. <laughs> You're wonderful in my eyes. Anyway, we've got the wonderful James. I've missed you both dearly, but we need to stop because we've got so much news to get into and as I said we're going to be talking about Haas a lot and the word Haas and as at the point of recording it is eight past six on a Wednesday afternoon on the 9th of March Kevin Magnussen has just been confirmed to drive for Haas this season. Firstly can you believe it?
1: uh yeah <laughs> i can believe it but equally if you'd said that to me probably two days ago then no absolutely no it looked like Pietro Fittipaldi was pretty much a shoe in and then suddenly all these rumors have started haven't they in the last couple of days
0: i feel like they've shafted Fittipaldi honestly the poor guy he's been on the sidelines for ages thinks he's gonna get a go but no he's just gonna do testing and then they're gonna bring someone else in i feel so sorry for the guy
2: yeah, because I thought it was going to be Powdy and obviously he was said to be doing testing this week in Bahrain, but I saw in the press release that Magnussen will also be there to do some testing as well as Powdy. but I remember Magnussen saying that he didn't want to return to F1 to be in the midfield or to potentially be at the back of it. He wanted to return to race for the wins. Now, I know every driver is racing for wins, but surely there are are some who have a better chance of achieving that. And I don't know whether being in a house will help him do that or not.
0: Well, yeah, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with Kevin Magnussen because I, I covered that story. And he said, I'm not coming back to Formula One unless it's for a top team. I'm quite happy doing my other driving endeavours. I mean, he's done Le Mans with his dad. I think he's on the IndyCar circuit. But mate, like, yeah, I'm excited for Haas and they should be really developed. And I know me and Bridge are like for 2022 but it's not the safest bet is it
1: well this is it maybe maybe we've got a news from the nerds exclusive maybe he's pretty confident that they're going to be at the front he's going into Mazepin's seat maybe bridge was right all along and that seat is going to be the 22 champion
2: oh saying bridge is right I don't know if I want to agree with that um <laughs> but yeah has has have developed their car for the whole of 2021 they spent that year developing the car for this upcoming season. So you would like to think that they would perform better than they did
0: last year, but who
2: knows? Hopefully after testing this week, we will get a better idea of their performance. But
0: I think you saying bridge is right. I think hell just froze over. Um, (laughs) Honestly, it's terrifying. Seriously though, I think Haas needs a bit of good luck and they've got an experienced driver in Magnussen. He's the Gunther Steiner's favourite, the bad boy of F1, as he used to say on Drive to Survive. But it could be just what they need, especially after the blumming week they've had. They've had branding removed from their team because of ties to certain Russian leaders. They've had a driver, been well, they've kicked a driver out, basically. And now their freight has gotten stuck in Turkey, which, again, what... What, what is it with Haas Logistics? Or what is it with Haas? Like, come on. They're meant to be a Bahrain. They're going to miss the start of testing.
2: Yeah, they are. They're, I think they're set to return for Thursday's afternoon session of testing and miss the morning session.
0: But they've just team been like, really unlucky. Sorry. I was going to say, a team like Haas need all the testing they can get, especially if their car is like as developed as they say is. They need to get used to being a good team again.
2: Yeah, they do. And with Magnussen returning, yes, he has experience being in the team. He might know how their dynamic works, if it's still the same as when he was there previously. But the cars are brand new. They need to learn how to develop them for their and adapt to their driving style. So hopefully they can get as much track time in in the sessions that they are there.
1: I mean, we saw what happened to Williams, what, 2019, when they were late to testing and the impact that it had on them. They had that that was the first of their shocking seasons yeah it's it doesn't bode well I mean I guess you could say I mean, the, a lot of people said at testing last week that they were the most developed car probably due to the fact yeah as we know they they started work on it the earliest and they probably have maybe they're they're less likely to want to hide stuff compared to Mercedes and Red Bull but there's a good chance they're going to come with a a significantly different car to this second test. I think we expect all the teams to do that. So it's, and it's it's only a three-day test. People kind of forget that. They used to have eight days, even in a couple of years ago, for such a massive change to the cars. It's it's pushing it already.
0: Well, we were speaking to a special guest earlier and he was saying that they used to do Weekends upon weekends of testing. They used to have weeks before they even went on track. And now you've got three days. And this year, including the shakedown, you've got six. It's nothing. I used to hear stories. I heard a story that Michael Schumacher, in between qualifying and race, would fly back to the Ferrari base and test. You can't do that now. Like It's it's just not possible. So I think the teams and drivers are already in a pretty sticky situation with the new regs and getting used to them so missing even half a day of testing it's not great but as we say this missing half day of testing with new drivers is even worse and we're going to move on to this topic and it's quite it's quite a sensitive one it's quite a sad one that because Magnussen's come in obviously Nikita Masbin has left F1 This might be really good news for some people. I know a lot of people didn't like the guy. But I think he deserved a bit of decency because it's been reported that he found out he was leaving the same time as the public, which I think is just... It's not how you treat a driver, even if you are not the best driver in the world or a pay driver. It's not how you treat someone. So he put a statement out on Instagram. I'm going to read it. It says, Dear fans and followers, I'm very disappointed to hear that my F1 contract has been terminated. While I understand the difficulties, the ruling from FIA plus my ongoing willingness to accept the conditions proposed in order to continue, they were completely ignored and no process was followed in this unilateral step. To those who have tried to understand, my eternal thanks. I have treasured my time in F1 and genuinely hope we can all be together again in better times. I will have more to say in the coming days. Nikita That's just, it's quite sad. Maybe not for the sport, it's not the end of the world for the sport, it's not like we've lost a Schumacher or a Hamilton, but it's it's sad for the guy.
1: You could almost say that he got a drive when he didn't deserve to, and then he lost a drive in at least a way that he didn't deserve to. I mean, there were a lot of people saying that he shouldn't go, it's not fair. A lot of people, have, maybe not a lot of people, but certain people have said that all across sport that these Russian athletes haven't done anything to deserve being banned from the, these various competitions. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's all that really can be done. And the fact, it, with Mazepin, it's very simple. He was there because of the sponsorship money and they're not getting it anymore. So he was never going to keep the drive irrelevant of these sanctions that have come in.
0: I think, sorry, my just going on from that about the Russian athletes, I have a very ongoing debate in my brain about Russian athletes from all sports because I'm a big tennis fan I like other lots of other sports and I think it's sad that these Russian athletes might have to stop competing just because they're Russian like Medvedev has just become world number one in tennis and he might not be able to go to Wimbledon but with Mazepin it's a bit different because his dad has got links to Putin and they've just been had, they, Mazepin has just had sanctions put against him from Europe. So it's a bit different situation, but I still don't think it's a way to treat your driver. Because so I don't think Nikita Mazepin has done anything wrong except be the son of someone and except be, being Russian.
2: The way in which he's lost his seat is very sad and it's not nice to see... And I do feel for him because he said, I lost the dream I had been working for for 18 years. Like Formula One was his dream. That was his goal in life. But at the same time, I can see, I understand why what's happened has happened. And with the situation in Ukraine and in Russia, actions do have to be taken. Yeah, it is sad that he's lost his seat. And... Because Formula One was his career. It was his dream. And he's now, what he's been working for for the past 18 years, he's lost. But at the same time, I do understand why what's happened has happened. Action did need to be taken. He hasn't necessarily done anything wrong, like you say, Grace, apart from his family having ties with Putin. But it's still sad to see. However, Mazepin has in, well, not in retaliation, but in response to being can get my words out. Ooh, okay. However, Mazepin has, in response to it having his contract terminated, created a foundation called We Compete as One, which is funded by the money from the Rikali Hass partnership. But it is aiming to help athletes who have been prohibited from competing due to the situation. Which is a it is a nice move on his part. I don't know how much it will have an impact, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a sticky situation,
0: really. hate to be this person, but if that's money from the partnership, isn't that technically money from an oligarch, which I don't see being the best sort of income to fund a foundation? Because I'm guessing, I'm guessing this sort of foundation will help athletes like Daniil Kvyat, who hasn't really... I don't think he's agreed to the FIA. So he might lose his seat in current racing teams. He might not be able to travel with Alpine. So I think, yeah, I, I, if you're getting supported by a charity foundation or whatever, and you're Daniil Kivyap. but that money's laced, and well, it might not it might not even be from illegal activities, but it'll always be tainted if it's coming from Dimitri Mazpin. I don't know if I'd be happy with that.
1: And it's money that might not actually be available depending on how these sanctions work out. Uh, I don't know, I guess maybe if it's not entering the EU and it's supporting Russian drivers, maybe they're able to still use it. I I honestly don't know, that's that's above my pay grade. But, well, I think that's uh, all of the Hass news probably done and we've got plenty to speak about and not that much time left. So moving on. Although moving on, only as far as testing that we've already discussed a bit. It is pre-season testing, official non-shakedown proper testing. As of tomorrow, three days of pre-season testing at Bahrain starting tomorrow, Thursday to Saturday. And the rumours are the Mercedes are about to drop some kind of bomb in terms of the car they're going to unveil. And there's lots of talk about no side pods, which I, I think have now been refuted I think Scarbs, our special guest from the podcast last week, has come out and said no that wouldn't work. Uh, It was in fact I think a thing he made almost as a joke that people just started running with. But certainly reduced side pods are being mentioned uh, and there have been rumours of one second per lap quicker. So do we believe them? What do we think is going to happen? What's going to turn up?
0: Well, from the looks of it, McLaren has definitely got a new side pod design. They've got a new livery, but they've also got a new side pod design. And I think as you know, the internet, you can take something and just run with it. And I think they might have taken that no side pod thing a bit too seriously. But knowing Mercedes, they could come up with something. I would I would leave it to Adrian Newey at Red Bull to come up with something, but he already has. So the next best thing its going to be Mercedes what are they going to come up with I don't know
2: yeah I'm just excited to see all the cars back on track and getting in all this data and with Mercedes I think they're going to fight this year I mean they fight every year because they've won the constructors but after what happened in Abu Dhabi with Lewis he's going to come back stronger they now have fresh blood with George Russell in the seat who is going to want to learn from Lewis as well as a mentor. I think they're just going to fight and they're going to do everything they can to make that car the best it can be and the quickest it can be. But I'm just excited to see all the results and see who comes out on top after testing.
0: I disagree with the fact that Mercedes fight every year. I think they've made such a good car in the early years of the turbo hybrid era that they didn't have to fight because it was so good Oh yeah, but that is (laughs)
1: fighting. I mean, they fight ahead of the season to then not have to fight during it. I think that's Abby's point was like, yeah
0: okay they, but, i like it yeah they I mean, warm up i'm not bridge really i'm not well. gonna disagree with you
1: <laughs> well, no, i think I got they are uh, me
0: up on the red bull side
1: <laughs> i think they yeah they if they needed any more motivation which they probably didn't then they certainly got it over the winter um but yeah so the lineup so far confirmed for mercedes is lewis in the morning and george russell george russell <laughs> george russell in the afternoon uh, and for Williams, we have Alex Alban on day one, Nicholas Leftifi on day two, Red Bull Perez on day one, Max Verstappen on day two, and Alpha Tauri has Gasly on day one and Sonoda on day two. Those are our official drivers to this point that have been confirmed. I think it's just gonna be great to have some proper coverage of F1 back above all else. You know, we we all went on live chats and stuff, seeing what was going on as best we could and on social media last week. Uh, two weeks ago. And yeah, it'd be great to see some proper up-close coverage of what are likely to be some pretty spicy cars.
0: I don't even know why I get so excited for testing. I know it means nothing. I know they're all on their own different agendas and they want to learn different things about the car on different days. But I just love it. It's so good. Get to see the cars going fast again and it gets you excited for the first race.
1: It's exciting trying to read between the lines, isn't it? I mean that's the the main thing. It's trying to figure out and the excitement of like, oh, are they actually the quickest? Are they not?
0: Yeah, I really got that excitement last season in Mexico when you were like, when everyone was like, are oh Mercedes sandbagging or are they really just as slow? Are Red Bull doing well? I, it brought it brought testing memories back and I loved it.
1: Of course, testing leads into the season and the whatever race it is. Is it fourth race? Pretty is it sure. Imola? Let me have a look. And we'll be sticking around there until 2025.
0: Yes. Testing just gets me really excited for Lights Out. We're going to Bahrain soon. I'm really excited. Then we're going to Saudi Arabia. Then we're going to Australia, which I haven't we haven't been there in so long. I'm really excited. Then we've got Imela and big news on Imela. They're staying on the calendar until 2025, which yeah, for a track that had a been used in years it's it's doing well for itself in in its old age
2: yeah it is and I really enjoyed the race last year so I'm glad to see it back on the calendar for 2022 and for the next few years as well but it's just good to have that old comfort of a track back however with Russia obviously we know that that Grand Prix is not happening but the replacement has yet to be announced what do you guys think will replace that?
1: And James, what are your views on Imola as well? No, yeah, not much to add on Imola. It's, I agree, it's it's nice to have it back. I think the last year was a much better race than the year before. It was a bit dull aside from, I think Max had a puncture, didn't he? But other than that, Lewis won with a bit of help from a handily timed red flag or something like that. Can't remember exactly. Hopefully it will get plenty more action like we did last year. Another wet race would be fun. Uh, yeah, in terms of the replacement for Russia, there have been rumours about Turkey and some cryptic tweets from Malaysia, I believe. Well, from Sepang, rather.
0: I think my boyfriend would kill me if I didn't say this, but Malaysia. We both want it. Everyone wants Malaysia back. Um, I, I hope it's Malaysia.
1: Yeah, it's, it was a great track. There were always good races there. I think it was, I think it's the first Herman Tilke design track on the calendar, maybe, I want to say. Don't hold me to that. Uh, That's big like
0: brain knowledge, that.
1: <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's just, it's a good mixture of, I mean, the weather is always quite often nuts there. And you've got those two long straights in a row that tend to create action and some nice kind of twisty sections as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to get Sepang back on the calendar
0: it'd be nice to see some of the newer drivers try to tackle it and see the new cars on it as well because being able to follow more closely I hope it'll be really good to see in the twisty turns and on the straights
2: yeah I completely agree and it would be great to have it back this year as well as with the new edition of Miami And obviously seeing the new cars in Saudi Arabia, which was new last year, it would just be great to see it back. And like you said, Grace, to see like the likes of George Russell and Lando Norris and that tackle this track and see how they compare to some of the older drivers like Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton on it. But yeah, speaking of old tracks returning and that something that is returning on Friday, the 11th of March is Drive to Survive season four. Now, the full trailer was released today, and I have to say, it does look very, very good. I am very excited to watch season four. How about you guys? Are you really excited? Are you blocking the whole day out to binge watch it?
0: I'm excited to see how they portray it, because we know Netflix like to create drama and manipulate it. But there's no no need to this season, but I'm sure they will, and I'm... It'll be weird to see it without Max. It really will. Because I want to see both sides of the story behind the scenes. Whereas we've only got Lewis's side. Um, I don't think Lewis will outright lie. But there's been some interesting things said already. Maybe calling Max a bully. But without Max's response, it'll be really weird to see.
1: I think it's fair to say that Christian's probably going to do that side of the story. And then some. He's... Go on.
0: I was just gonna say he's been waiting his whole life to be able to speak for Max. He lives through him vicariously. <laughs> he's
1: not been so. speaking. Yeah, he's he's not waited. He's been speaking as soon as Max came on the scene for him. Uh yeah. I think we I know, we should get both on, sides of the story. Yeah. It's movie Christian versus Toto. Yeah, that's the one I'm interested in seeing. Obviously, I think they took the only slightly inflammatory quote they could from Lewis about obviously the the bullying and just ran with it and he was just saying that yeah Max can, or he didn't even name Max I think in the quote he just said you will get drivers who will bully you on the track and I don't think anyone would contest that Max bullies people on the track, I mean we all know his driving style Uh, I think yeah you're not going to get much out of Lewis, he's very well trained at you know towing the line in terms of not saying things that people will twist or misconstrue so, yeah, uh, I'm going to wait and see. I said this last week in terms of Drive to Survive. I'm not watching it on launch day. I'm going to see what people say. There's already been some talk of it being the worst season yet. Uh, I won't name names, but there is a fairly established F1 website with a fairly established YouTuber who did a review of the first eight episodes. So who knows? Maybe it could all turn around in the, in the last two. But yeah, I'll wait and see because... Uh, the last season wound me up a bit. It's
0: a really good point because someone we haven't really heard much of is Yuki Sonoda. I haven't really seen his name be big this past year. Yeah, apparently there's a whole episode dedicated to him. It'll be nice to see because I know he's he's a he's a funny guy. I like I like his um his swearing on the radio, but it'll be interesting to get a bit of background because I really don't know much about him. So I like how Drive to Survive can do that, that like they did with Esteban Ocon a few seasons ago. I really like the backgrounds of them. I just hate it when they over dramatize things.
1: Yeah, I heard that Yuki is apparently going to come out as a bit of a star. Almost, you know how it made Gunter into a star, just through his personality and his character that apparently comes out in the show. So that yeah, that would be interesting to see. Um, that I did hear in terms of yeah, <laughs> over dramatizing things. Apparently, there is an episode uh, all about. Mazepin and they use the you know the the story of him having come back from a a tough season where he's generally lost to Mick and then in Russia he beat him and they apparently spin it as though that no pun intended (laughs) they spin it as though you know it was this brilliant decision of his to go into the wet tires at the right time and then they say oh and they use the radio oh you finished in front of Mick and Latifi good job when actually Mick didn't finished the race he retired and then they play it out like it was this great you know comeback so that kind of sums it up but we'll see i'll say that they have a they've had a difficult task uh, and especially with the the restrictions that we've had in the last couple of years it's been tough for them because they've only got behind the scenes to a certain extent uh yeah so hopefully in future they'll they'll be able to get back on it maybe um, but yes on the subject of Restrictions—they are now being removed for next year. For the mo- for the most part, it's going to be vaccinations are still mandatory, but uh, there are going to be no more PCR tests within the paddock. And apparently, teams are considering losing masks altogether. So, do we think that's right? Is it the right time to you know move on, trying to get back to a bit more of normality?
0: I think it's all well and good being like us as a sport. We're not going to let COVID ruin it anymore but as an international sport that travels to however many countries in a year you're gonna get different restrictions I know it'll be harsher in Australia and less harsh in Great Britain as we know COVID doesn't exist here anymore apparently so I don't know what it'll be like in France for you James but I know it'll be different again so I think it's nice that as a sport they want to try and move on and look into the future but I think they need to be realistic and realize that they need to respect the country's health laws where they visit
2: yeah I I think that's a very good point Grace I mean getting back to normal is key we all need to learn to live with COVID but at the same time it is still out there it is still a disease that we can get and it does harm people. So I'm glad that the vaccinations are mandatory. I personally think that masks not necessarily should be mandatory, but you wear them at your own risk. However, I do think, like you said, the sport is international, so they should comply with each country's rules in turn, like Australia, which will undoubtedly be stricter. Um, but yeah, I'm. it's hard to get back to normal. I think everyone has different opinions on the intensity of what COVID is now. Um, But yeah, it'll, it'll be good to just see them get back out there and race and hopefully have some normality.
0: Just following up on that, I think, yeah, we do need to learn to live with COVID. I certainly am looking forward to it when the restrictions come out in Scotland. But I think the drivers' independent circumstances will definitely change how they approach this season with COVID because... I know towards the end of the year, we got to see a bit more of that Danny Rick Grin. I'm not complaining. Whereas I think Mick Schumacher wore a mask nearly every time I saw him on camera or photographed. And I think obviously with his circumstances, it it just depends on what risk it could be to them and their family and the people they spend time with.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it boils down to, I don't know, maybe this will change it. I don't think it's been uh, officially announced yet whether... You would assume, though, if someone catches COVID, that they would still probably have to miss the next race. So no driver is going to want to take any more risks than they they have to. It's like you say, an interview outside with Danny Rick, We all want to see his cheeky grin. And but you know, when they're all inside in the pits and there are fifty people in there, you don't do you want to take the risk about the maybe one person who's your left front wheel mechanic gets COVID and then Lewis has to miss the next race and it wrecks his championship challenge well and I think that's about all the time that we have this week thanks for joining us be sure to head over to FormulaNerds.com to check out the latest news which there will be plenty of with three days of testing to discuss and then check out the main Cut to the Race podcast where the three of us Ollie and Bridge were lucky enough to interview a very special guest Mario Andretti so make sure to listen to that and we'll catch you next week
2: thank you (laughs) Ha ha ha.